going, dude. We're going now. So you started. I did, dude. Go, man. This is a podcast. Pissed in Aaron's Cheerios today. Yeah, I'm on one. I was just gonna start with a rant, but we already we we did a pre-production meeting. Yeah, dude. Rant. I think you should still go with it. Probably not. This is a podcast. What's bothering you today, Aaron? This well, this is a podcast. It's called Recovered AF. Um, and that's because we called it that because we've recovered from a uh, seemingly hopeless state of mind and body because I've recovered from my addiction mm. is why I recovered as I, I had a, I had a spiritual experience as the result of taking the 12 steps. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how I recovered from this deadly illness. Yeah. And so um, that's our podcast now because that's the case, though. It's like, um, you know, if I was sick and I took antibiotics and they made me well, this wouldn't be the, what, what's the, this wouldn't be the amoxicillin podcast. You know what I mean? Just because I took amoxicillin to help me get better. Right. Right. So like, even though I just talked about how I recovered, that doesn't mean that we're affiliated with any 12 step group. Those groups don't have representations or affiliations. Yeah. Right. That's correct, dude. Yeah. So far, you're 100% accurate yeah. with what you're saying about your experience. Yeah. So I don't want anybody to think we represent any 12-step groups. Kyle and I aren't even part of the same 12-step group. Nope. We're different A's. Although we attend our each other's groups sometimes. Yeah, there is some crossover. Yeah, dude. Because I like to go to meetings at Kyle's home group, even though I don't know who the hell's off work at that early hour. Most of America and is then, off work by five. And then uh, Kyle, I think. Kyle comes to uh, my home group um, because I think he likes the content. Yeah, I do like the content. Yeah. Well, there's people there that have similar experience to, yeah. to my experience. Yeah. So even if the 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 meeting isn't... And I'm not saying yours isn't. I just mean like even if there's a meeting that goes off the rails, like I still can be around people that have similar experience. And your meeting never goes off the rails because you have a bunch of people that have done the work. So, and um, and I uh, fuck. I forgot. I was gonna say. I don't know how this isn't the Sunday night game. How they didn't flex this into Sunday night doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Niners Ravens is uh, gonna be a shootout. Yeah, dude. Jackson is a fuck. Reek. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. But uh anyways. So um the content in my meeting, blah blah blah. I don't know what the fuck. Oh, you were talking about being able to relate, and I think that might be because m- we're all suffering from the same thing. It sounds like based on what I've heard other people say, and that is uh we've lost the power to choose whether or not yeah, we're gonna drink and do drugs or or we have no control what happens once we start to take in that thing. And that just means I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have a pretty good idea what's going to happen, but I can't control what's going to happen once I start drinking and doing drugs. Yeah. And underlying that is a spiritual malady, this uh, soul sickness, if you will, yep. that's driving that, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And so at your group, and I think really at my group, a few other places that I've been to, Yeah. The majority of the people there are, are dealing with the same thing. Yeah, and and like if you're listening to this podcast and that's you, if you're that person that's lost the power of choice or the ability to control your drinking, you might be able to identify with the solution we have 
and the problem we have and the shit we're talking about most of the time. Not all the time. Most of the time, though, yeah. Most of the time. Yeah, dude. That's sort of what this is for, those people, right? Yeah, exactly. And those are the people we wanted to have on the show. And then we realized pretty quickly that would be a lot of interviewing people. And then, like, our third episode, somebody didn't show up. And then we decided to do all kinds of things and really open it up. Nailed it, yeah. And now we do some with guests. I don't know why we're doing this. We do this all the time. People listen. Yeah. I think the majority of the people that listen are people that listen regularly. Oh, okay. So, but anyways, next thing. You are pissed off about <laughs> what now? I'm not pissed off about anything. This, I just, uh, there, the term recovery and people in recovery is a, a very broad spectrum of people. Yeah, it's a big net. Very big. Mm-hmm. Anybody that used to, Drink or use drugs and doesn't anymore? Yes, is now considered in recovery. Yeah. And some of those people lost the power and choice and know what the fuck we're talking about. Yep. But not everybody has. No, not everybody has. And those people might have quit or started to moderate their drinking still. Yeah, and they had the power to do so. Which I am a proponent of. If you have had drinking problems or drug problems and you're able to get those corrected i personally am a big fan more of power to you yeah yeah i'm 100 percent on board yeah with that. yeah but <laughs> what are you what's really grinding your gears well it just seems like <clears throat> those people that have had the power to stop on their own that have not lost the power of choice. And if you have, you know what you're talking about. And if you, if not, no sense trying to explain it. Probably not going to be able to understand it anyway. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've talked about it pretty much at length at that first step. Yeah, we did a whole episode on the first step. And we talk a lot about power of choice in that. So if you're listening to this and like, I'm not sure I know what they mean, check out that episode. Yeah. Because that one we talk a lot about losing the power of choice and what that looks like in our lives. But anyways. Well, yeah. Okay. Anyways, and it seems like um, the people that have not have that, that have not lost the power of choice, that things just got ugly in their life and they just put their foot in the ground and said, okay, this is it. I'm going to stop. And then they stopped seem to be, um, at least in my periphery lately, the people that are the spokespeople for recovery. And it uh, was, like the spokespeople for recovery, you mean like just people that are on television talking about not drinking or doing yeah, drugs? Yeah, just all, just all, just in, just all the time, you know? All right. Yeah. And I'm just like, and, there, and, and I mean, there, I think there's probably a reason for that. Like, um, I, but then again, like we just said, like we were just talking about before, or just said on the podcast, recovery is this huge net. So we're probably just not even talking about the same thing. We're just probably not even talking about the same thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what we're talking about is people not drinking or using drugs anymore. And how one person gets there and another person gets there are two different paths. That's right. And you and I have experienced a similar path to being able to not drink or use drugs anymore. That would be through twelve-step program. A person who has recovered from the common cold 
is different than a person who has recovered from like stage four cancer or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's all. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, so then you're just fucking over the common narrative of like, Oh, I made the choice to quit drinking. Yeah, I'm in recovery now. I made the choice to stop. And I'm like, that's cool. I made the choice to stop too, a lot. Yeah, I think it's interesting. When when do you think you... Do you think you ever have a choice? Like in any, any of it? I probably never... I don't... I honestly think... I mean, I was always going to drink... I don't know if I talked about this, but I didn't join the Just Say No Club when I was a kid because that was the big thing. It was the 1980s, Kyle, not the, the dare, 1990s. The D.A.R.E. program? No, before that, it was Just Say No. Yeah, the D.A.R.E. program, though. For yeah, D.A.R.E. later, maybe, but when <laughs> Nancy was doing it, it was Just Say No. And dare. Because you were going to drink still. Yeah. All right. I, already, that, I already knew. I already yeah. knew when I was in grade school, like me and one other kid would sit in the library when they had the just say no meetings. Yeah. And then they were giving away cookies. So I was like, I right, fuck it. I'll do it. Yeah. I think the, um, the perspective for a good amount of people is like, I can think of my experience. Um, people around me who knew me well, used to think that uh, I would um, I would just drink because I didn't care mm-hmm. or because um, because I I would say fuck it mm-hmm. or because uh, I was weak mm-hmm. or I didn't have a strong will or you just like to party yeah because that's what you were doing but right? for a long time I thought those things too you know yeah, what I mean yeah. like it was the same thing like I'm just as guilty as anybody else that it was like I thought the same thing like I I do just like to party and I do have fun sometimes and I do but so I guess um, the the common narrative I guess for people that are saying I made the conscious choice to stop Maybe could they just be like uneducated on what what happened, or do you think that they actually just still have the power to stop, and that's why they stopped? <clears throat> My guessing, I don't know. I I would I would have to talk to somebody. Yeah, maybe that would be an interesting. Maybe that would be an interesting podcast. Although it could be somewhat confrontational because in in asking those questions to try and get an answer, it may seem. Um, intrusive or probing in some aspect, but um, like um, the further along I get in my, like when I was new to this deal and when I went to treatment in 2012, I don't think I fully um, understood the concept of loss of power of choice. And it wasn't until, I mean, it's almost in retrospect that I have to look back at my drinking and drugging career and realize how many times I tried to stop and could not. Right. Until I realized that I went on far past the point of um, willingly using anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I mean, but each time I go through the work or the steps, I see it almost more clearly now. Right, which would make sense. And so I would think... 
that somebody that's been around two and a half decades or, you know, just throwing that number off the top of my head, um, if they had gone through that, let's say, maybe they're not a part of a 12-step program. I right. don't know. It's just recovery is usually associated with 12-step programs. Maybe it's not. Though. Recovery also a lot of times is associated with treatment centers, and I know treatment centers are not the same as 12-step programs, which we don't represent either, because there was a ton of cl- conflicting stuff in my treatment ce- in my treatment center that conflicts directly with my 12-step literature. You know what I mean? There's 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 stuff that doesn't agree. Does that make sense? I didn't notice that when I was in rehab. But yeah, probably not during there. But I remember like when I was in that um, when I was in that detox center. They were talking about making a relapse prevention plan. And I was like, what the f- I'm here to, like, I don't want to, what am I doing this for? You know, like, I yeah. don't, I don't want to use anymore. And then, and then, okay. And then I look back and I look at my experience and I, I, I had a nice therapist one time that had me make a consequence card. Um, and he wanted me to pull it out before I was going to use the next time. Right. Well, those are just things that people do. If they still have the power of choice. Yeah. So, but those treatment center things and those detex, those are in direct conflict to having lost the power of choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, or they're, yeah, or they're just seeing if you have the power of choice. Because if you do, that stuff works for you. Yeah. And then why would you want to continue to go to 12 step groups and stuff if you could just pull out a conflict card and. But then or they're also proponent, proponents of 12-step. Are they just covering all of their bases then? I think so, because people will find something that works and hopefully stick with it. Yeah, I guess I'm like in my mind wanting to create a f- definite separator. And you're like, just wherever, whatever works for you along the way, and we're going to cover everything. Yeah, well, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's like the best approach, but I think that because 12-step groups don't affiliate with anything, of course, you're not going to go to a treatment center that's a 12-step treatment center right. solely because right. they're not affiliated. Right. So, like, they're going to try to introduce you to it, but I think 12-step groups kind of keep everyone at arm's length anyways. Yeah. So, like... They do what now? Keep, every keep like, other things at arm's length. Because Cause they're not, not affiliated. Yeah. So, okay. it's like... W- we can't be doing solely 12-step stuff at a treatment center because now you're affiliated. So right. it's like, here's a place you can go and figure that out, mm-hmm. but here's some other stuff that we can teach you along the way, mm-hmm. and like, hopefully some of that will stick. Because like, Do I don't want to be a nut buster here and f- frustrate some people, but there's things that people do in 12-step groups that I can't rectify with our literature either. And it's like, that sounds like treatment bullshit to me, too. Like, gratitude lists and stuff. And, well, like, I'm not saying those are a bad thing, either. I'm just saying that those aren't something that is, like, part of the 12 steps. Don't, do you think, then, that, do you think then, then that's a confusing message for the new person <laughs> that, that comes out? And they're like, because, like, they're like, oh, I've been doing these things. And they're just, you know, I can't stay sober. And I'm doing these things. But then these things that were like gratitude list or relapse prevention plans mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Yeah. None of those things are, you know, the solution that you and I found. Let me point this. You pointed this out to me before we started. So let me point this out. That's the solution Kyle and I found. Okay. There's the 12 steps. That yes. doesn't mean that that's for everybody. Right. Thank you for pointing that out. <laughs> Kyle. You. 
But um, I would say, yes, that does cloud people's idea of what recovery is. But and, and, and like and treatment centers don't make that distinction though. Like <laughs> this is outside the twelve step, and so then everybody comes out of the treatment centers, and they then they're told to go to twelve step meetings, and then they just take the whole thing into the twelve step meeting, and then it's hopefully it's though, every it's everywhere. Yeah, hopefully though, there's a few things I'm thinking of, and one hopefully when that guy comes out of a treatment center, like I know at my home group, the new guy comes out of a treatment center and he's filled full of knowledge and things that he's learned there. Um, when he's at, at a, our meeting, he's going to do the 12 steps. Yeah. And like the rest of that, he's going to get education on like, Hey man, that's all cool. Do whatever you want with that stuff. But this is what we do. And so I think that's where like a healthy 12 step community plays its part in the whole wheel of recovery is like a guy comes out he doesn't really know he doesn't have all the answers which is good he comes to a 12-step meeting and there's people there that have done the work and are going to help carry the message and that guy's going to hear the message and and do the work yeah and then all that other stuff could be beneficial or it could not be i don't know like i didn't do any of that and like we talk about it like we talk talk about exercise being something that just helped me so much i you know started we all know how I started, and you know, did we both do EMDR, right? Mm-hmm. But I think we've made that very clear, at least in our podcast, that that stuff, our base is the twelve steps. That's how we recovered. That's how we got well. The other shit, the EMDR, the exercise, the 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 diet, those are to help me become a real well-rounded individual. Like the twelve steps, it's like, okay, I was thinking about this in the shower because. Um, it's not, I don't, I, if somebody that out there that hasn't had this experience or isn't in a 12 step group might be listening. It's like, I was thinking about the temptation, the temptation to use and, and, um, something I had seen about, you know, like continuing the fight. If I had to fight the temptation to use every single day of my life, I would have made it about three days. Cause that's about how long I can fight it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know how long I would have made it, but I wouldn't have made it, you know, two and a half you know years what you or whatever. Should do? What? You should make a triggers list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. And even those guys that, that didn't like the 12 step approach were like, it's, you know, they, they're also the circumstances of your, if that, if the circumstances of your life is what causes you to use, you're fucked. <laughs> you're so fucked. Yeah. Right. And so I was thinking about the fighting. And so like what happens is I don't even know where I'm going with this now. I'm all wound up. Like, but what happens is at some point, if I'm willing to start at the beginning, go through those steps, do them, you know, as close as I can to the way it's laid out in the book, you know, the best of my understanding and put what I have into it. I think I'm going to be okay. At some point, the um the the problem does not exist for us anymore it's 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 like i'm not fighting the temptation to use anymore at at, at some point during the process the problem is removed and i can't really explain that anymore except for i'm just like yeah you know mm-hmm. um the book uses the 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 term uh, position of neutrality mm-hmm. I wish I knew where I was going with this crazy rant and this crazy point that I was just getting ready to make. I say you just keep going. It was going to be so awesome. It was going to be so epic. Um, I don't know. I think it was like, I don't know. I remember where I was going with all of that. So I guess the other thing I would think of is um, 
I think that people not drinking or using drugs is a positive thing. I don't know if it is or isn't. Yeah. Oh, I know what I was thinking about. I, was talking, I don't remember. Oh, yeah. I would just think that like someone who's shown that they have struggles with drinking and using drugs, them not using it is probably a good thing. That's sort of what I was thinking. That's sort of yeah. That sort of got me. And so like so like um those things to be well rounded individuals because what those people I talked about are are non twelve step people I talked about you know dry the term dry drunk and basically somebody can quit drinking and doing drugs and be a complete fucking asshole and just still cause a ton of chaos in mm-hmm. my life and so like um you know if I go through the work. I'll get placed in that position of neutrality, right? But that doesn't mean I'm going to be necessarily a well-rounded individual. I meet plenty of people in and around our 12-step groups that are complete fuck faces yeah. that are just not drinking, right? And so, like, to your point, like, I, I have a, somebody that I know outside the program, and um, she had a father that was an alcoholic, and he got step, you know, sober. He spent the last dozen years of his life sober, um, never made his amends to her, and um, still wasn't a very pleasant person to be around. But she said... Um, he wasn't beating in, he wasn't beating up her, her mother anymore. You know, he wasn't abusing anybody. And so then, so then to them, it was good enough. So to your point, like, um, you know, just not drinking and getting sober if they have a problem is a good thing, right? Yeah, I think it could be. I'm not saying it always is, but yeah. I would think that it's probably a, a positive deal. Maybe. There's probably, you're bringing less suffering into the world. Yeah. If you're not drinking and using drugs and you have problems with those. Right. If those things make you act. Yeah. Ter- Reckless like, or yes. wild or harsh or rude or yes. hurtful. Yeah. Then not doing those things probably brings less suffering, which yeah. is a good thing. Yeah. And then I would, the other thing I was thinking is like, um, those people that are not drinking or using, but didn't do the 12 steps doesn't mean that like, uh, God didn't doesn't help them to, you know. I, yeah, no, I I totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So it's um, like, uh, you know, my my grandfather had a sudden yes. spiritual experience, right? Exactly. And, and he he was a completely changed man, and mm-hmm. he was a different person. Yes. He also didn't go around saying he was in recovery. Right. <laughs> Just, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I don't really have any problems with people saying that they are in recovery if they don't drink and use drugs. Because to me, recovery doesn't mean 12 steps. Yeah, it doesn't. It does not. And so I'm like, sure, man, if you want to say you're in recovery because you, like some people find recovery from lots of exercise and meditation or something. And recovery from what? Substance abuse? Yeah, I think. I mean, I don't really know. But like for me, I just know that my recovery came through the 12 step world right. but that doesn't mean that the other people are doing it incorrectly but i don't think what is your recovery from alcoholism yeah like yeah. a hopeless state of mind and body yeah, yeah. alcoholism well and i think that uh, people could be have a hopeless state of mind and body and get recovery and do it without the 12 steps it's just um it's it really is too broad a brush to put um any kind of uh yeah because even in even okay, so we talk about being alcoholic, and that's what it means to us as 
is defined in our literature. Mm-hmm. Society defines alcoholism as something entirely different. I was talking with a coworker and he's talking about somebody else and he's like, Oh yeah, that guy's a functioning alcoholic. I don't know if he is or he isn't, you know, like, because based on our definition, what alcoholism is, is lost the power of choice, the ability to control, right? Mm-hmm. Underlying spiritual malady. It's pretty simple. But society's definition of alcoholism is something entirely different. The medical community's out, the definition of alcoholism is something completely different than that. The treatment center's definition of alcoholism might be something different than that. And then, and then, so for every definition of alcoholism there is, there's probably another definition of what recovery is. Yeah, and what's cool is those people are getting better, hopefully, or they're figuring out things that aren't working. Yeah. Which is a positive, too. Because, like, I know I personally tried a whole lot of different things to, like, get my life kind of back on track, you know? So many. Yeah. And, like, our book is also very clear that, like, our book is for the hopeless people that that don't have a shot with anything else they've tried. Drinkers of our type, it says. Yeah. And so, like, people that are having a hard time with stuff... I get it that they want to try other things before they would want to try going through the 12 steps and building a relationship with God and all this weird stuff. Nobody wants to do this. No, sometimes I still don't want to. Never. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm like, all right, I get it. So I would would be trying extensive exercise and telling everyone that I'm making the choice to stop and doing all this stuff too. Like to me, and the ones that it works with, I think that's a good thing. And the ones that it doesn't work with, I think it's a good thing that they're figuring out that that doesn't work. Because yeah. now they're going to have some point in their life, they're going to be able to pull on that experience and go, remember when I just tried with all my might mm-hmm. to not drink or use drugs and and it didn't work? Mm-hmm. I lost the power of choice. Mm-hmm. And they all will come to that conclusion. Mm-hmm. But I don't think... Um, I think what's cool is we don't, we don't have to sell people on that as the idea. Like people get to that yeah. on their own. Yeah. And then uh, someone in the in in the media talking about having the power to change their life is great. Like Joe Rogan is one of my favorite people to listen to. That guy talks all the time about just like changing your life. Mm-hmm. And you like two it. people, two like talking to people that are in recovery, yeah. telling them like maybe you should just try exercising. Yeah. More, or did you ever try this? I bet you yeah. just maybe you just need to do this. And it's yeah. like. I love that guy, but he doesn't understand what you and I have to deal with. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a bad thing that Joe's talking about trying to change your life either. I think that's a good thing. Well, like we could add to the list ad infinitum. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's how we get to understanding that we've lost the power of choice is because we fucking tried everything. Everything, yeah, Yeah. exactly. And then I eventually realized like, oh, nothing I'm going to do is going to work. Yeah. So now I got to try this which is a 12-step program suck yeah especially if you've already sworn it off several times in your life right and then the other thing is people that have found that like you were saying people that have found that program of recovery have done the work respect and honor the tradition so they're not out there broadcasting and advertising it yes so then you get people that are advertising and talking about that 
and it doesn't align with our experience because the people that align with our experience aren't out there. And some of this is probably just some tribalism on my part. Like I think so. so much of this is, you know, feeling disconnected, right? We're dis we're just better than or less than our whole lives. We've talked about that quite a bit and mm-hmm. and like wanting to belong and wanting to fit in and wanting to connect. And so, you know, I hear people talking about a recovery community and I'm like, oh and then when I see somebody that's talking about it that has not based on what they're saying has not experienced what I've experienced it fucking grinds my gears yeah yeah, it does dude I like it too I like a fired up Marty dude yeah and I'm just like you know it's just like though man I fucking uh, you know that sounds shitty before I even get it out but I'm just like I fucking earned my place here but that guy's earned his place to wherever he's at too or he or she or whatever the fuck you know what I mean yeah dude well, and what I have to think of is the people that have a different experience than ours probably get their gears grinded about people like you and I <laughs> talking about like those fucking dummies think yeah. that you got to build a relationship with God yeah. and do the 12 steps. Yeah. Just do it different. Just, if, But just don't drink and go to meetings. And it's like if they, if, if someone has that, like they're they're looking at us the same way I think the viewpoint is looking at them of like they're doing it wrong, um, or they shouldn't be doing that, or yeah. they shouldn't be having to do. And it's like, well, I think there's room for both of us. I was living in a. I was living in a. Uh, my uh, this my first protege was living in a um, halfway house, sober house, sober house, mm-hmm. right? And uh, mm-hmm. we were going through the work, breakneck speed. He was my first guy, and. Um, he, man, he was, he was having some cool experiences, and his roommate in the sober living house was like, "Hey, man, you don't have to be a twelve-step guru like your sponsor is." And I was like, "Hmm, he doesn't have to be a twelve-step guru like like I am, but like you might—I don't know—I listened to your story. You might want to be pretty on these twelve steps." But, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But that guy didn't, and I know that guy, and he's still in the community, and he doesn't have to be right. Because he's not one of us. Yeah. Or maybe he is. Nope. And he's just got his shit together for the time being. Is not. And he'll fall on his face later. I have to just go by based on what people say about whether or not they had the power to choose or not, really. I mean, that's the fucking separator. Yeah, but again, I don't know, man. For a long time, I thought I had the power of choice and I didn't. So someone saying I have the power to choose might really not have the power to choose. So they've been choosing for you know seven eight years they might they might have that power maybe i don't know yeah i don't really need to know you know yeah that's a lot of uh trying to separate yeah it is i I don't like doing that much anymore neither do you yeah which is why i'm surprised this is where we're at why i'm all wound up yeah why i'm having a flashback because normally you're you're very uh I know. Zen with everything. Yeah. You're like, oh, it's whatever. It's cool. Yeah. I'm like, God will get those people where they need to go to hear the right thing to, you know, yeah. where, where the, not today. Why not? Mm-hmm. I've been like this all week. Yeah, you have, dude. Yeah. I've been all, all week. I've been like watching people on vacation while I'm they stuck in a better f- than you. fucking blizzard. And I'm like, fuck those people on their fucking vacations. <laughs> yeah, dude. You're feisty. I know. I like a feisty Aaron. Oh, t- I don't. What else is going on, dude? Let's stop shit talking every single person in the world. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you keep going. It's a good time. 
uh, I, I really work weather really affects my job and it's giving me a lot of anxiety i think you're gonna be okay dude you know why because you'll either deliver the packages or or you won't yeah i know but then i gotta hear about it from people when i don't and i'm like Again, the same thing if I was like to try and get somebody that hadn't lost the power of choice to understand. (laughs) I can't help them understand the scope of our system and how incredibly... Was there a lot of snow out that way? Yeah. Yeah. There was. We got a lot of snow. I bet we've got like two feet this week. Yeah. And well, the winds is what really... I mean, it was we were getting all back to normal and then it blew 70 miles an hour for two days. Yeah, it was so windy yesterday. Yeah, I didn't. I left my house to take my wife to her parents' house to make tamales and then to pick her back up. Mm-hmm. My cousin wanted me to go work out. I was like, not leaving. No. Uh, and then that's the other thing. Sitting inside my house, I now I know why I was depressed all the time because I used to sit in my house and not do anything all the time. That's a stressful way to live. I sat in my house and didn't do anything yesterday, and I had a ton of anxiety. At the end of the night, I'm not meant to just sit around and not do anything. And it makes sense when I was living that way, why I was such in conflict all yeah, the time. Yeah, dude. Enough about me, Kyle. Yanni McYonerton over there. Yeah, I'm tired today, dude. I got some uh, good exercise in yesterday. Mm-hmm. I made it to the gym. Mm-hmm. Some One of us did, at least. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Maybe we should just have a wrestling match. <laughs> Is what's going to happen today on the podcast. Kyle gets sucker punched. I ran six miles. Really? How long did that take? I did it in one hour. I remember the first time I ran six miles, Kyle. Good for you. I don't think you've ever ran six miles, have you? (laughs) At one time? Yeah. (laughs) That's what I thought. Five miles. You've done five miles twice. Five and a half, idiot. I did six. I set it at a cool pace smooth and then how many miles per hour is that six dude six <laughs> who'd have thought oh yeah you ran six miles in, in an, an hour, hour. <laughs> yeah so that's a six mile an hour pace on the treadmill yep so if you run six miles in one hour it's awesome yep carry the two and six. we got it it's six Boom. <laughs> yeah. gotcha well i guess i know what i'm doing tomorrow yeah asshole can you do it at six I think you run at five and a half, don't you? Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. I did. Uh, yeah, I did. I was just trying to see how I w- felt and keep my heart rate under 170 the whole time. So, And did you? I did. Oh, I couldn't do that. My average goal, I ran the whole time, did one hour, and my heart rate average was like 167. And my max heart rate's 198. Do you know how to add more time to those fucking things? Because I can't. Do you do manual? Do you do quick start? I just press quick start, put the speed at six, and go. But for like the first 17 seconds, you're not running at six miles an hour because it takes the treadmill a minute to warm up. Right, but I don't get on the treadmill until then. And then I use my watch to track how far I'm running. Not. But it turns off at an hour, the treadmill. Mm, no. It'll just say go to cool down, and then you just press the speed up button again. Oh. Yeah. I just never, I've only gotten that far, yeah. Yeah. It'll go to, it'll say, okay, start your cool down in three, two, and then if you just push the up arrow, it just restarts the hour. I know. Yeah. I'm always like, I'm going to keep running, and it says going to cool down. I'm like, that's a good idea, too. Yeah, so I always, (laughs) I just, and then got her done. I burned 800 calories. Yeah, that's a good workout. I'm pissed at you, dude. When we were looking at your watch, you, you and I will do the same 
length yeah. and the same. Yeah. And you burn like twice the amount of calories. Well, <laughs> I'm a dozen years old. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm a dozen years older than you and about 20 pounds heavier. Yeah. So that's probably why. Maybe I'll just fib on my numbers so I can look like I'm burning more calories. Also smoked for 20 years. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. I smoked for like eight years. <laughs> <laughs> Said the heavy drinker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, he caught that. This is why, good, this is why Kyle and I are oh, good for each other because we can help balance each other out because sometimes, um, sometimes Kyle is wrong mostly, and I help balance Kyle out. <laughs> On occasion, I get wrapped around the axle, and Kyle will bring another perspective, that's more true. zen perspective. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then usually you're like, yeah, you're wrong anyways. Yeah. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, you're like, hey, man, I think you might have been right on yeah. that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's dumb. Yep. And then shortly afterwards, you're back on track. So mm-hmm. um, what else is going on, dude? How's your protege? He's stuck on um, the whole state's closed, by the way. If you looked at all of the major highways and interstates in our entire state were fucking closed yesterday. That's good. Yeah. So he's stuck. He's stuck in the north um, conveniently because we started inventory last week. Mm. That's convenient. Lucky guy. He said something about, oh, I've got finals coming up, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, first three columns, bro. That's awesome. Maybe the may, oh, you know, I didn't see my sponsor this week though. I was supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah. Sitting here throwing stones, dog. Yeah, You're living in a glass house. Hey, man, I can't help it if I get a job that prevents me from meeting yeah, with my sponsor. Yeah. I haven't met with proteges in like two weeks. Yeah, I haven't done any twelve-step stuff in like two weeks. No wonder why you're all fucked up today. <laughs> I'm not. I'm very peaceful. That I, makes uh, perfect sense. I uh, yeah, I've been. I have also been busy. Doing what? Working, dude. Oh, yeah, because you guys are... Uh, Kyle, how can you sell beer at your work? How can you even be around alcohol these days? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is that uh, people that don't get it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we sell beer. I order beer. I touch beer every you day. touch beer in the daytime? Every day, dude. Oh, my gosh. One of our fellowships works at a brewery not too far away. Yeah. He's one of the head brewers there. So anyway, so you're busy with work because you've got new things happening. Did I give away too much information? Nope, you're good. Also, thanks for posting that picture. Oh, yeah. Kyle did have four years of sobriety. Kyle had four years on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was actually Friday, but I didn't want to correct you. Oh, I thought it was the 28th. I got arrested on the 28th. Oh. So sometime, I think I got, I blew under the legal limit. 24 hours later, so... I think we talked about this on your episode, but just for people that didn't listen to Kyle's episode, Blackout Kyle Tells a Story, episode number two, go back and listen. Mm-hmm. How many Black Fridays did you spend in the I've been, a, I've been arrested three times on Black Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Including the last time I got sober. That's awesome. Or like this time when I got sober and, and have stayed sober, it was Black Friday. Well, like when, we, when you're younger, man, like... All the boys are back in town. Yeah, dude. Well, like Wednesday's a turn up, and then Thursday is Thanksgiving, and I would either drink or do something at my family's and then uh, turn up Thursday night. Me and my buddy used to have a ritual where every Thanksgiving evening after we got done with our families, we'd buy a half gallon. and It's just always been like a thing. Yeah. The first time I ever got drunk was the night before Thanksgiving. Okay. I have a lot of uh, Thanksgiving 
memories around drinking. I seem so. to have a lot of go hard moments too. Mm-hmm. So I think I, it's just part of it. I seem to like several Easter's was trying to get clean. Yeah, I spent several Easter's detoxing and fucking up Easter. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Easter was a bad icky time for me. I so. bet, dude. So yeah, technically my uh, four years was on Friday, Black Friday. What an idiot. Which is uh, great. But, I mean, you were technically right, because I was arrested on the, the 28th. Yeah. And then the 29th is when I considered my sobriety date, because I'm a, I, w- I was still drunk for another day after I got arrested. You're one that, like, you weren't ready, though. Like, you had to have a minute to let your head clear out. What, when was it? Because you said that you read the chapter more about alcoholism and you were like fuck i technically i read um it's in there is a solution and if you have a big book i read page 20 and 21 and that distinguishes between <laughs> that distinguishes between a moderate drinker a my hard wife, drinker my buddy and a real alcoholic you're me drunkard <laughs> yeah me yes. and i read that and then i realized that i was an alcoholic at that point but that was the first time i had ever come to the conclusion that I was an alcoholic. It, like it was that's my mind-boggling. Dr- my drinking was really bad up until that point, mm-hmm. but it the same thing. Like I was under the delusion that I still had control. Like I still had the power of choice. Like mm-hmm. I still was going to be able to like figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh well, this time is going to be different. I'm going to do this instead, or I'm going to try this, or I'm just not going to do. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I still thought I had the choice to yeah. do all of those things. Because that's just survival, man. Right. 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 And like, it's just not working. You try and figure out another way. Yeah. And so my entire drinking career, from the very first time I drank, I blacked out, until I got sober, was lots of attempts to, like, drink like other. Yeah, and control my drinking, or or I would set out with good intentions and like think I'm. I've got the choice in the matter. I'm only going to drink this much or I'm not going to drink anymore or I'm not going to drink during this trip or you know what I mean? Like just always, and I kept failing at it, but I just always had the idea like I was going to bounce back and get it figured out someday. And so then when you're like, oh no, I'm an alcoholic, then were you like, well, what do I do next? Yeah, kind of. I mean, then what I did at that point was realized that like I was never going to be able to drink again. And some people act like that's a horrible thing and you should just not think about that because not drinking again is such, you know, that's daunting. And for me, I'm like, dude, like when I decided, like when I realized I was an alcoholic, it was like, I am desperate to not drink again. (laughs) Like I don't want to drink again. And I, now I know like that's not ever going to be an option again. And I don't know. Some people talk about how like, just don't drink today. And I think that, the people that I've been around that make it have the like the the desire to not drink again. They just don't know how. The the but again, our literature talks about the desire to stop for good and all. Yes, right, exactly. That's again the difference. The wide brush. Yes, treatment center. Just don't drink one day at a yeah. time, and you're going to be okay. Yeah. Sometimes one minute at a time, you know. And like, if you read like some of the history or the backstories, when they give the person the diagnosis that they were alcoholic, they didn't give it to them lightly. Mm-hmm. But that was the death sentence. Yes. So like, if you were given that diagnosis, you're going to have the experience that you had more than likely. Right. Where like, fuck. Yes. It's like not that. Like okay, this thing's 
the the will be the end of me. Right. Yeah. And I think for me, um, like I I was desperate to not drink, and I was I it all kind of happened at once. I was desperate to not drink. I was. I finally had the light, the light go off that I was not able to do that on my own. Mm. And then I, I was get the program was introduced into my life kind of all at once where it was like, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm desperate. I know that I can't do it on my own. And then now there's a program that can do it. So for me, it was like, all right, I'm in on this program. And then for the next few months, I thought I was kind of doing what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. Which was going to a lot of meetings. Yeah. Surrounding myself with people that are in recovery. And do you ever wonder why you found your like why why you found your way out and into the work and why somebody that's sitting across from you at that time that's just as every bit of alcoholic as you might have the experience of just continuing to go meetings until they go out and drink again and can't figure out what happened, whereas you eventually stumbled upon the solution. Um, you ever think about that? Just curious. Sort of going back to what we were talking yeah, about like earlier. Yeah, like I before. The, the need or the necessity for real alcoholics to be available and helping real alcoholics. Yeah. I th- what What I think happened and again this is why like you can't like um, I can't have a program of recovery and and share you know what I mean like my program is mirrors the 12 steps Mm -hmm. because like for me when I was four months sober like life got very real again Mm -hmm. and I didn't have a solution again Mm -hmm. and so like I think a lot of people that I have been around go to meetings and things tend to get a little bit better because they're not experiencing like the destruction like we were talking about earlier in the episode that comes with drinking, right? Yes. So things are getting better. If I'm not drinking, uh, that doesn't mean things are great, but like if, if I'm not drinking, things might be getting a little bit better mm-hmm. and like my family might start appreciating the fact that I'm not drinking mm-hmm. and I'm not, like you said, that gentleman, I'm not being aggressive towards my family mm-hmm. and I'm able to show up to work every day and I physically feel a little better because if I'm abstain from drinking for months, I'm going to feel better than I have mm-hmm. ever before. Mm-hmm. So like, I think a lot of people get that, that much and mm-hmm. think like, oh, I'm, I'm doing the thing. That's it. And, but and at the same time, were you, were you, ex- okay, so but, but basically what happened, if you don't, if you don't know, this, that co- the consequences of Kyle's last drunk all caught up with him on the same day. Yes. And he, he got served and he was going to have to go back with jail and he got, um, I was sued. losing my license. I was being sued, and I I was uh, losing my license, getting sued, and going back to jail. Was there anything though, like? But you said you just pretty much went to work and went went home to your parents' house and played video games, or or no? No, that I, was, that I, was our buddy Jeff. Yeah, I pretty much would go to work. I'd get off at two. I would go to the gym. I would go home. I would hang out at my parents' house because I was I didn't have a place to live, so I stayed at my parents' and go into meetings and then go to a meeting every day. What What was your attitude toward life? Were you Were you that? Were you that? Were you Were you like, okay, I mean, this isn't the best life ever, but this is better than what it was, or were you like, this sucks? No, I think I think what happened for me was I thought it was working. Okay, 
you know, like I, I, w- I was going to the gym again, which I hadn't done in forever. Right. When I got sober, I was like 140 pounds. And when I went through the 12 steps four months later, I was at like 160. So I'd put on some weight. Mm-hmm. I physically felt okay. I was showing up at work. My family was like not deathly terrified of what I was doing. Every- so like I thought it was working, okay. you know. But what happened well, to is... To some extent, maybe. It was. Right. I mean, yeah, it was. It was better than the life I was living before okay. I got sober. Yeah. But... What happened was when when all of those consequences hit on the same day, my solution was immediately the same thing as it would have been before. To drink or to kill yourself? Drink or kill myself. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like, this this isn't fucking working. Yeah. Like, if that's my solution still, four months after not drinking and trying to get my shit together, and my solution is still drink or die, like, something's not working. Yeah. And then for for whatever reason, like... The next thought that came in, which I believe is God inspired, was like, just call your sponsor. Mm-hmm. And so then I just, I did that instead of drink or kill myself. And I don't know why that thought came. Like, I don't know why I, I'm one of the lucky ones that gets that thought and doesn't just go drink. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I don't know why that happens. But for whatever reason, like that, it was like drink or die. The next thought comes in of maybe you should just call your sponsor. I call him, and then I was into the work like two days later. Like I was actually into the work. That that was the thing that made you willing yes. to take action. Yes, and realize that like what I was doing, though might be beneficial in the short term, wasn't going to yield any sort of permanent success in my life. Because the moment things get uncomfortable again, all I know... And all my mind tells me to do is drink or die. Because drinking was your solution. For everything. Right. And killing myself was going to be the solution. Because like my last few months of sobriety and when I got sober, that was kind of where I was at. That makes sense to me. Like I was like, um, you know, Ryan and I were talking the other day, and I think you'd be all right with me sharing this, but um, um, my other cousin who you're working with, um had talked about or asked about you know when people go back out you know and 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 that ryan was answer was like the thing about it is is like be it just seems so overwhelming getting back into the 12-step program again that it's just it's such a it's a it's a it's a hurdle to climb because it's just it just seems like especially if you've experienced it you know what goes into going through the work and Mm -hmm. you know it's not just showing up and going to meetings and your entire life gets rearranged and it's just like it just seems so overwhelming and it just seems like such a a more viable and simple solution to off myself yeah i mean that's i mean it just maybe seems crazy to just talk about it you know just openly yeah and just like it's not a big deal because i know it is a big deal but it's just it was just a constant thing in my life, man. That's just like this was okay. The you you can always fall back on this. You can always fall back on this. Yeah. But then I've known people, um, and, and that I've known and that Amber's been related to that that was their ultimate decision, and it made sense to me mm-hmm. why they did it when they did it. Yeah. Well, and like for me, I was never, I never had an idea that like. I don't know how to explain it. I never had any sort of idea that uh, something else was going to take care of me. Not like family, but I mean like a, like God or like a power greater than me. So like for me, 
when I had exhausted everything that I had tried, like I thought that was the end of the mm-hmm. road because mm-hmm. it's like there's mm-hmm. nothing left. Mm-hmm. Like I can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. I have continually shown that I'm going to fail at this. Mm-hmm. I don't have the power to get anything in my life back under control. Mm-hmm. And so like for me, the, the thought of like, oh, God's going to help me was just not <laughs> even there. You know, it's not like I, I was trying to shun god or religion like it just I was. was mine was just not even there it was just like i i had no idea that like oh I, i'm gonna be okay you know right. so i was like i'm failed i'm doomed this is it like this is all that i have and all that i have isn't good enough and like i'm going out with that and so to be able to then get into the work and realize that there's just so much more out there than just like what i what i'm capable of so you didn't have any negative um, preconceived ideas about God or higher power. Then was it the realization of your first step that made you open-minded to the second step? Because when you were like, all right, oh, man, I'm an alcoholic and I can never drink again, not in a way that is bad, but in a way that is necessary, then did that open your mind to the second step? Yeah, I would say so. And I wouldn't say that I... I um I wouldn't say that I didn't have any resistance towards spiritually principled living. I just thought it was all fake and phony. Yeah. Like I just thought it was a bunch of shit people tried to do to make themselves feel better. Yeah, that's my yeah. And and I just for me it didn't like I I couldn't even understand why you would want yeah, that. That was just for people who couldn't face reality. Yeah, and like didn't have enough faith in themselves to get things figured out. Yeah. And lo and behold, like for the week I'm the one that didn't that needed it. You know what I mean? And so, um, but yeah, the realization that I'm, I'm doomed, I'm going to die and nothing I'm, nothing I'm capable of is ever going to get me out of this opened my mind when, when the first time the thought God came to me was when I was in rehab, like that I was going to have to do that because I had, I didn't even know what a 12 step, program was Mm -hmm. so when i went to rehab i thought i was just going to like hang out for 30 days and get away from everything did you think you were gonna do like counseling and stuff like that yeah i figured like you're gonna talk to a therapist and a counselor and like and i didn't want to do any of that but it was like i i don't want to rot in jail and my parents were basically like if you're not going you can stay in here and figure your life out but like you got nothing left and so at that point i didn't have a place to live i didn't have a vehicle if i would have chosen to stay in jail i wouldn't have had a job like i wouldn't have had anything so Mm -hmm. i was gonna be homeless you Mm -hmm. know and i was like well rehab is a better option than that Mm -hmm. so i guess i'll go and i'll talk to therapists and counselors and i had to enter i had interacted with counselors and stuff before and lied to them about everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) about how bad my drinking was and Mm -hmm. how i felt and everything so Mm -hmm. i was like i'll just do that again yeah, I don't know how long I went to a counselor before I opened up about why I was really there. Yeah. I told him I was there for depression. Yeah. I was really there because I was an, a junkie right. leading a double life. Yeah. I don't know how many sessions we had oh, before God. I trusted enough to tell him I was a junkie. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, I never came completely clean to him. Right. And so for me, when I went to rehab and I read that book and I identified with the fact that I'm an alcoholic, then like the solution kind of started being presented in in rehab of like the 12 steps are a a action towards a relationship with a power greater than you and the open-endedness of it didn't have to be and i say this like if 
I was desperate enough that I probably would have tried it, but I think what's made it stick is the fact that there's like an open-endedness to the realm of the spirit. Yeah. They don't try to... Um, no one's trying to make me believe what they believe, if that makes sense. At least the people that are doing it right aren't, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, and like if if they want to believe in Jesus, that's fine. But no one is trying to make me believe that. And if they were today, I would probably find a different place to go because yeah. I'm still not a religious individual. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I don't know, man. Like I, my mind was opened enough to the realm of the spirit and I was willing to accept help from the realm of the spirit, like, or to like seek it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Like even the concept that that's an avenue that could help me was such a foreign concept for me to understand. Mm -hmm. But as I went through the work, like my belief in, in the realm of the spirit and a power greater than me is, is there today. If I overthink it, I think it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no good. No good. No good thinking it. No. So for me, experience it's like, it. yeah, I think it, I believe it's there. My experience matches that belief and I don't try to get any more depth to it. I seek other stuff just to kind of remain open-minded, but, um, I don't know. My open-mindedness towards religion is not very much there, though, I would no. say. Not not at all, I would say. Okay. But I shouldn't say that. I've, I've read the Bible since I've been sober and stuff, but I yeah. don't go to church or anything, so. Going straight to hell, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, dude. How to get sober and go to hell. Megan and I, <laughs> she has this nativity scene, like Christmas decoration that we set up, and I always get a kick out of it because... Megan and I are not very religious, <laughs> and so oh, to have like a nativity. nativity scene like that we put out on a bookcase, yeah. I was like, this is, this is so weird. But this is false advertising. Yeah, but it, it's cool. She likes it. So Well, Jesus is the reason for the season, Kyle. <laughs> True that, dude. Okay, then. All right, enough conversation about that. We're an hour and I'm done. Yeah, me too. I'm gassed out. Good. Call uh, it. What, oh. Do you, do you want to talk about our Instagram? or? It's an Instagram Gmail? page. It's Recovered AF Podcast. I just posted pictures of us decorating our Christmas gifts. Just now? No, yeah, like yesterday, Friday. Oh, there was more pictures? Yeah, I always, there's I like five of them. Oh, I never scroll through. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Did you see your boy Zach Bitter is going to be on Rogan tomorrow? Yeah. That's cool, huh? Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, Recovered AF Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can reach out to us. That's our Gmail. I'm done, dude. I don't have anything else.